How many of you believe in God with me today? I have the privilege of preaching three times today. And so I'm trusting Him. Will you trust the Lord with me today? Father, we are so thankful indeed for the blessing and the privilege of coming together to feed on manna from heaven, to experience a moving of the Holy Spirit, fresh and anew every time we come together. We give you praise for it. And Lord, as we approach this all-important subject of paying attention, I pray that you would speak to our hearts, for it's in Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said amen. amen. So let's look at Proverbs chapter 3, and we're going to entitle this message, Are You Paying Attention? Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. That's where God lives, and that's where faith is, and with the heart man believeth. And lean not to thy own understanding. How many of you know if you live out of your head and you make decisions based, uh, based on what you know intellectually or even what you know educationally, you could be heading for trouble. God is a spirit and he lives in our spirit. And so the more God inside minded that we become and the more we fellowship with this good, good father, the more we commune with the Holy Spirit, the clearer we're going to be able to be on his direction for our life, even his correction for our life and his instruction for our life. And so in verse six, it says, in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he's going to direct your paths. And I like the Amplified, it says, lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know, recognize, and acknowledge Him, and He will direct and make straight and plain your paths. Plain simply means it becomes clear to you. Verse 7, be not wise in your own eyes, reverently fear and worship the Lord, and turn entirely away from evil. It'll be health to your nerves and sinews, and marrow and moistening to your bones. How many of you are interested in that? And so we have a part then, if we're going to partake of His direction, the first step is acknowledging Him in all of our ways. It is tied directly to Him directing you. Now understand this. If you rely on man, if you rely on your own understanding, you will fall short. So here's the key. We must pay attention. We must be aware day and night of what his word is saying to us and what his spirit is saying to us. Being aware means to look, to look night and day. How many of you know that pride assumes? But what does humility do? Humility will ask. Humility will inquire. And humility will acknowledge. If you will be a humble person before the Lord, He will absolutely lift you up and He will exalt you in your life. Amen. You know self-exaltation doesn't get it. But oh, God's exaltation is the kind of exaltation you want all the days of your life. And I want to hear an amen. So keep asking. Keep checking. How many of you are kind of seeking the Lord on some things right now? 
You're looking to the Lord for some wisdom. You're looking to the Lord for some direction. You're not just quite sure on what you should do. You kind of have an inkling on the inside of you. Yeah, I, I think that's right. It's so important to ask him if your thoughts are lining up with his thoughts on that subject. Don't just go off half-cocked and say, I'm going to do it because I think it would be a good idea. We should not be thinking so much. We should be praying much more. The Lord spoke to a person one day, stop thinking and start praying. And so don't be afraid to ask the Lord. Well, he's just so busy. That's just not right. He's not too busy for you. Don't you remember what we said in the offering? You're his wealth. He's got a big investment in you. And so he's going to see to it and make sure that you get on and stay on the right road for your life. David was a man that's an example of a man that inquired of the Lord. Even after David was a skilled warrior, he checked in and he checked up and he was aware of what the Holy Spirit was speaking to him. Even though he had had victory after victory after victory, he knew where his help came from. I said he knew where his help came from. So when he came across another challenge or another mountain, he always went to the Lord and inquired of him. You know what? If we don't inquire and if we don't ask, we will simply lose by default. But I'm not looking at a congregation of losers. I'm looking at a congregation of winners. I believe that we're going from victory to victory to victory. And it's possible if we'll stay in communion with Him, inquire of Him, and let Him be Lord over our lives. Oh, lift your hands and say, Jesus, you are my Lord. You're my Savior. And so David did that time and time again. In 1 Samuel 23, it says, David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and smite these Philistines? And the Lord spoke unto David, said, Go and do it. And then he went to him again. And the Lord answered him again. He said, Arise, go down to Kaliah, for I will deliver the Philistines into thy hands. How many of you know it's good to be sure-footed? He doesn't mind if you ask him again. He doesn't mind if you check up with him regularly. I mean, even moment by moment. He loves it when his kids enter into divine fellowship with him. Oh, raise your hands and just praise him right now. Oh, Father, thank you for divine fellowship. Thank you for the ability to inquire of you. Hallelujah. Here's what Patsy said a couple of years ago when she was here in the church. I love this quote. She said, come into the throne room and be open to where he can lord you. Where he can be lord over you. And then she went on to say this. To the degree that he is Lord to you, he can then be Lord through you. Do you want him to be Lord to you? Do you want him to be Lord through you? Then she went on to say, when he lords it over you, it's always good. How many of you know that God's got some assignments for you? And I only want to march in the assignments that he is the commander in chief of and that he is leading the way. Can you say amen three times? Oh man, partake of the presence of God that is so rich in this church. Partake of it. 
Don't draw back just because your schedule might get busy or just because you've had a difficult week. Leave everything outside and come on in here to the presence of God and there abide. And you'll discover that the Lord is for you and he's on your side. And his presence will come upon you and envelop you and you will cause your circumstances to be diminished before your face. Yeah, come on in. Come on boldly to the throne of grace and participate in what he's made available to you in this place. Hallelujah. Oh, man. I can't tell you the times I've come in here, been a little bit tired, a little bit weary. But all of a sudden, the presence of Jehovah the presence of God would begin to envelop us. Hallelujah. And so be a participator in that. Don't wait for something to happen. Go trouble the water yourself. And come on, jump in. All right, that's all I'm going to say about that. All right, Proverbs chapter 4. Look at verse 1. Proverbs 4, verse 1. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm getting something today. Proverbs 4, 1 says, Hear you, children, the instruction of a father and attend to no understanding. Now listen, you will see over and over again in the book of Proverbs the words hear, the words hearken, and the word attend. Literally, what he's saying is pay attention. Somebody says, well, Pastor Mark, I'm so poor I can't pay attention. That's the problem. You need to get rid of the poverty mentality and start paying attention and let him do something about that poverty mentality. Just saying now. Drop your stones. All right. Give attention to no understanding. The NIV says, listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. You know... If you'll pay attention to what the Lord is saying to you on a regular basis, and if you'll pay attention to the word that you read regularly, it can save your life. I mean, it literally can save your life. You see, hard-heartedness and hard-headedness and stubbornness opens the door for the enemy. It really does. I want you to notice verse 10. Let's think about it for a moment. This is extremely important, and let's read it together. Ready? Read. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings. What if God says something to you and you don't pay attention to it? What if God says to you, you know, don't drive home that way, go another way. Well, Lord, I've been going home this way all my life. I'm just going to continue to do that. Listen, there are no spirit-led disasters. That's with your drive right here, right now. I said there are no spirit-led disasters. But listen, if God is leading you another way, I'm telling you, let's go Yahweh. Amen. And then in life, you know, sometimes there's course corrections that need to be made. You know, maybe we've been ugly or maybe we've been uh, strifeful or bitter towards someone. How many of you know the Lord will speak to you about that? He'll say something to you about that, either by His Spirit or he'll say it to you in the Word of God. Either way, it works, right? But now, here's the key. We've got to be open to that. We've got to be open not only to his instruction, but we must also be open to his correction. Amen? And so, the more open we are to him, 
The more we receive his sayings, listen, it positions us for the years of our life to be many. How many of you want to really live long on the earth? I'm not talking about just logging time to tell retirement. Amen. And if you are retired, just coasting toward the rapture. Now, thank God for retirement and thank God for the rapture. But there's stuff in between. And there's stuff that he's got his prize and his wealth to do while they're here. You might be 95 years old, but I say by the word of the Lord, he ain't done with you yet. So, yeah, but Pastor Mark, I'm 50, I ain't done nothing yet. Get busy, boy. Get busy. And that's all I'm going to say about that, too. All right. Now, let's drop down to verse 18. Somebody shout, yes. yes. I desire to live long and to live strong. Verse 18 says, now the path of the just, the path of, the we- the path of those that are wealth in his sight is as the shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. Amplified says, but the path of the uncompromisingly righteous and just is like the light of dawn that shines more and more, brighter and brighter and clearer and clearer until it reaches its full strength and glory in the perfect day to be prepared. The NLT says the way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn which shines ever brighter until the full light of day. Now here's the thing, guys. When we are on His path, we are walking in the light. In your pathway is life and there is no death. In your pathway is light and there is no darkness. In God's path, the more that you grow in the Lord, the clearer and clearer and brighter and brighter the path gets. And as the path on your life gets brighter and clearer, guess what? The more you're going to be able to see. I'm 65 years old and I'm seeing things I've never seen before. Why is that? Because I'm on the path. Pastor, I'm not seeing anything. It could be that the path you're on has been darkened. You know, if I walk into this auditorium at 6 a.m. before PT is here, this auditorium is dark. And if I wanted to do a tour for you and show you the pulpit and show the piano and show you all the intricacies of our sanctuary and it's dark, we couldn't see, we couldn't find it. But oh, if you just switch the light on. I'm telling you, God's wanting to switch the light on some of you this morning. The entrance of his word is going to give you light. Darkness is going to flee. God, help us to see. Raise your hands and say, oh God, help me to see clearer and brighter the path you have for me. Thank God he's the light. And his word is a light. A lamp, unto, a light unto my path and a light unto whatever it is. His word's light and his word is a lamp. And so over and over again in the book of Proverbs, he's saying, pay attention. 
How many of you got your ears on today? Jesus said, he that hath ears, let him hear. And don't ever minimize the reading of the Word. How important is it for us to read the Word? I mean, every day. Why is it important for us to read the Word? Can anyone help me today? What happens when you read the Word? Back there. It's a Word of life. Anybody else? Pardon me? When you read His Word, you'll know His will because His will is His Word. What else happens when you read the Word? I mean, read the Word. Cleans your mind. What else happens when you read the Word? It's health and life. Oh, Shandalama, to all your flesh. Someone in the earlier service says it's really important because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Someone else said it's really important because God's Word, hallelujah, man will not live by word, bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Why is it so important? You know, back in the 70s, I heard this and I can't improve on it. Probably heard it from Kenneth Copeland a thousand times and Brother Kenneth E. Hagin a million times. But it's simple. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And here it is. God's Word is God speaking to me. Listen, you have a copy of His Word which you can indulge in every day and He's speaking to you. Whoo! Say it with me. God's Word word is God God speaking speaking to me. me. I mean, come on, guys. How many of you just opened the Word and all of a sudden there was the answer? The Holy Ghost is an artist. And He can tailor make a Word for you every day of your life. Do you know that if you read one Proverbs a day throughout the year, that you can literally read the book of Proverbs almost 12 times? Proverbs is full of wisdom. Well, I'm looking for something bigger and better than the Word. You're looking in the wrong place. It starts with the Word. And then God does confirm His Word when He speaks to us by His Spirit. Both can be rhemas of God and it can save your life and keep you on the right path. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Are you here this morning? Are you at the Raiders game? Proverbs 4 verse 20. My son, attend to my what? Incline thy ear to my sayings. The NIV says, my son, pay attention to what I say. Turn or tune your ears to my words. Pay attention. How many of you have ever had a pet dog, and when you said something, the dog would go, (laughs) We used to have a beagle. His name was George. I hope he's in heaven, but he was a bad dog sometime. (laughs) But anyway, John, you know, my oldest... uh, when he was a teenager, he, he would get George's attention and he'd tease him a little bit. And he'd just say one word, walk, walk. And George would go, hurr, hurr. <laughs> I believe that we ought to be that way with the Lord. Not dogs, <laughs> but his kids. He says, give, hurr. 
serve. <laughs> Forgive. Lean in. Tune in. To tune in, you got to tune out. This is all right, isn't it? You know, a teacher, when a teacher stands up, a teacher does not say, all right now, everyone do what? He doesn't say, attend to what I say. No, he says, pay attention. Why would a teacher do that? Because a teacher knows that there are multiple distractions in the classroom. I've got a question for you. What could you pay attention to instead of him? What could we pay attention to instead of him? What about symptoms? You know, Abraham considered not. And he staggered not. Because his affection and his attention was on the promise. What else could we pay attention to other than him? How about problems? Lack, debt. I mean, there are literally so many things out there vying for your mind time. In verse 20, he says, Attend to my words, incline your ear to my sayings, let them not depart from before your eyes, keep them in the midst of thy heart, for they, my words, are life to those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. Now here's a statement. It's worth your drive. Everyone pay attention. Look at your neighbor and say, wake up. Paying attention to him includes paying attention to your heart. Because that's where he lives. Amen. Now, let's talk about the lie of multitasking. Did you know that there is no such an animal as multitasking? So stop doing it in the car. Now this is a word from heaven for all of us. Stop it. Stop looking for Pokemon. Stop texting your wife to make sure she's got dinner ready. In our dreams, right? Yeah, but it's it's important. It's important. Things are not that important for you to take your eyes off the road. I mean, just for a second. That's all the enemy needs. needs. Come on, Pastor. And the Bible says, don't you dare give the devil any place. So many distractions. There's texting. There's calling. Friends, I'm going to say by the the head of the church, the word of the Lord is, pay attention. Pay attention. It's not only your life that could be in danger, but you could endanger the lives of people around you. Well, but I'm a multitasker. Listen, multitasking? I've done a little bit of it, I thought. But really, to multitask, you've got to take your attention away from one thing and put it on another. And then back to the other. You really can't do life justice when your plate is overloaded with things. Jesus said, there's one thing that is needful. 
And Mary, what did she do? She chose the good part. Listen, God's got a good part for you. He's got a good path for you. He's got a good life for you. Make sure that you make the right choice every day of your life. Raise your hands up right now and say, I choose. I choose life. I choose Jesus. I choose to walk in the light and to pay attention to my Savior. Now, we're going to get into a couple of things from the mirror. Look with me to Romans 8, verse 5 and 6. Romans 8, verse 5 and 6. It says this, For to be, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the who? Read verse 6 with me. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now listen to this from this translation. Thinking patterns are formed by reference. Either the sensual appetites of the flesh and spiritual death, or zoe life. Everyone say zoe life. And total tranquility flowing from a mind addicted to spirit faith realities. I am a spirit faith in Christ in whom addict. I've addicted to myself to identification truths. And here's what it's saying. There are so many things that are vying for your attention, the lower impulses of the flesh. But God is saying, come on up higher and get addicted to me. Get addicted to who you are and what you have in Christ Jesus. In other words, learn to pay attention. Amen? And then look with me quickly over to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 3. Colossians 3, verses 1 through 3. You know, one of the things that helps me to stay focused on Him is worship. Another thing that helps me to stay focused on Him is praying in the Spirit. By praying in other tongues and just building myself on my most holy faith. Let's read verses 1 through 3 together. Go ahead, help me out. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Verse 2. Okay, let's try that again on the count of three. One, two, three. Set your affection on things above. Let's read verse 3 together. For you are dead... Now listen to this from the mirror. He says, you are in fact together with Christ, raised together with Christ. Now ponder with persuasion the consequence of your co-inclusion in Him. Relocate yourselves mentally. Engage your thoughts with throne room realities where you are co-seated with Christ in the executive authority of God's right hand. Rearrange yourself. Engage your thoughts with throne room realities. Then in verse 2, becoming affectionately acquainted with throne room thoughts 
will keep you from being distracted again by earthly soul rule realm. Set your minds upon the things that are above and not things below. And then in verse 3, did you wear your shouting clothes today? He says this, your union with his death broke the association with the world. Your union with his death broke the association with that world. Now see yourselves located in a fortress where your life is hidden with Christ in God. Hallelujah. The old man is dead. You've been delivered from the power of darkness. Translated into the kingdom of God's dear son. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Is it important that we know what Christ has done for us? Is it important for us to look at scriptures that tell us who we are in Christ? Who can think of an in Christ scripture this morning? I am the righteousness of God where? In Christ. Raul? I am a new creation in Christ. In Christ. So this setting of your mind on those truths will literally keep you free. It'll set you free and it will also keep you free. Look over at Hebrews chapter 2 and just verse 1 in the Amplified Version. Hebrews the second chapter in the first verse. Paying attention to him pays rich dividends. Hallelujah. I've got to say this, and I don't know who it's for, but I'm just going to put it out there. It's in Philippians 1, verse 6. You don't need to turn there. But this is for someone who feels like there's no use. There's just, God's finished with me. Well, in Philippians 1, 6, he says, Be confident of this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until he returns. Side note, he's not through with you yet. There's better things and there's greater things and there's more to come for you. Somebody says, I've flubbed up and I've messed up. Join the club. Amen. We've all messed up. We've all flubbed up, but our name is not flubber. It's time to bounce back, amen? Time to bounce back. Rise up and know this, that God's not done with you yet. Hallelujah. As long as there's breath in you, there's something for you to do. Now notice Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. Since all this is true, am I speaking the truth to you this morning? He said, since all of this is true, here's what we ought to do. We ought to pay much closer attention than ever to the truths that we have heard, lest in any way we should drift past them and cause them to slip away. I know in my life, I know that I've let some things slip. I mean, things that the Lord has spoken to me in yesteryear and in yesterdecade, I've let some things slip. Aren't you glad for the mercy of God for your life? But here's the neat thing about God. He will remind you 
of what he has said to you. I said he will remind you of what he has said to you. And in reminding you, he is also encouraging us not to let those things slip. Not to let those things drift away. God may have spoken to some of you this morning about serving in a local church. Maybe this church or maybe another church. God may have spoken to you, I mean, years ago about taking your gifts, taking your talents, presenting them before the Lord and saying, Lord, I'm all in to your purpose and to your plan for my life. And I'm going to do the will of God. And yet, because of circumstances, because of time, because of a lack of proper priorities, those things have slipped. And that's possible to happen. But here's the good news. God is merciful. And not only is he merciful, but I say by the word of the Lord that he can restore to you the years that the enemy has ripped off from you. I'm going to say it over here. I said God can restore to you the years that the enemy has ripped off from you. And not only restore to you the years, but he'll do it in style. I said he can do it in style. You mean to say, Pastor Mark, is there hope for me in God? You may have heard what David heard. There's no help for him in God, but I hear the word of the Lord strong in my spirit today. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me. You are my glory and you are the lifter up of my head. Listen, God can lift you up from those circumstances and from that despondency that the enemy has brought you down in. Why is that? Say it with me, because he's the glory. And the lifter up of my head. Now here's a little secret. When you get a word from God, whether it be out of Proverbs or Matthew or Mark, Luke, John, or one of the epistles. When you get a word from God and it's really clear to you that God is speaking to you, write it down. Write it down. Put it in a journal. And let him... Say something about the things he's saying to you in that scripture. And then log that and have that ready to be able to read and to be able to rehearse and to look at. That way you'll not allow the things that he's saying to you to slip. I love what Hebrews says. We are to hold fast to the confession of our faith without wavering, Paul. Why? Because he's faithful that promised. There is value in holding on and holding fast to the things which we have heard, lest in any time we should let them slip. You can hear great messages on how to be led by the Spirit of God. Great messages on how to acknowledge Him and He'll direct your path. But if you don't do anything with it, it'll just be another message logged in your memory. See, it's not the hearing of the word that is the blessing, but it's the doing of the word that brings the blessing in your life. In James chapter 1, let's look at verses 22 through 25. James 1, verses 22 through 25. Verse 22 says, But be ye doers of the word, and not what? Hearers only. Well, I've heard that, Pastor, but are you doing it? Am I doing it? Or have I let it slip? Deceiving your own selves. Verse 23. Let's look at that. 
For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer. See, not a doer is tantamount to saying, letting it slip. He is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Verse 24. For if he, he beholds or looks at himself and goes his way, but straightway or right away forgets what manner of man that he was. It's important to know what manner of man you are to him. Now notice in verse 25. He says, but whoso looketh, that's us. Say it with me, that's me. That's me now. He said, but whoso looketh into the... What kind, what kind of law of liberty? This word is a perfect law of liberty. Designed not only to set you free, but to keep you free. Whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. And does what? There is power in continuing in the things that you've heard. And continueth therein. He be not a forgetful hearer, but what? But a doer of the work or a doer of the word. This man, this woman, this daughter, this child shall be blessed in their doing. Blessed in their doing. Oh, the power of of being a doer of the word. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. 2 Timothy 3, verse 14. We'll close here. There's a whole lot more in the book of Proverbs about wisdom and, and taking heed that we don't have time to go into this morning. But look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. And notice with me in verse 14. Second Timothy, the third chapter. I believe it's the third chapter in verse 14. There it is. Years ago, we had something here called Living Word Institute. How many of you ever attended Living Word Institute? Quite a number of you did. Thank you, Paul. And uh, one of the nights that uh, we had a graduation, I was asked to speak and be the keynote speaker at the graduation. And the Lord gave me this verse for the graduates. I think if it's good enough for Bible school students, it's good enough for everybody. Amen? And here it is. But continue thou in the things which you have, been, have learned and have been assured, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Again, here is the principle of staying with it and staying in it and paying attention to what God is saying to you. It can save your life. But not only that, it literally could cause some of you to be millionaires. Some of the greatest inventions are still out there to be discovered. I'm going to say it again. Paying attention to what he said could make you a millionaire. Paying attention to what he said could save your baby's lives. I was just down at John's house in Culver City, and I've got two granddaughters, Lucy and Livia. And Livia is seven years old, and you know, when they're seven and they're just about to be eight years old, there's all sorts of influences on the playground. You know what I'm saying? 
There's all sorts of influences out there in the, in the world. And, you know, they didn't send her to a Christian school, even if she was in a Christian school. I mean, come on. Not everyone that goes to a Christian school is sanctified. <laughs> Sometimes some of the most unsanctified kids are in Christian schools. But anyway, we're sitting on the couch and, you know, she's very open to me and open to Brenda. And she looks at me with those big, big, beautiful brown eyes. And she says, Papa, she says, that girl down the streets trying to get me to say mean things. I said, is she? I said, what do you mean? She says, well, say mean things that you don't really mean, but just to be mean. And I said, what do you do? She says, I don't do it. And then she said, and she says all sorts of bad words. And I'm going, oh, really? <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, what kind of bad words is she saying to you? Well, she says this word. And then she starts spelling S. And I'm thinking, oh, Jesus, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus. Start shaking in the spirit. She says S T U. P-I-D. Stupid. And then she says I-D-I-O-T all the time. She won't even say it because she's been trained not to say it. But I said all that to say this, that there's a lot of influences out there in the world. You know because you're an adult. But there's a lot of influences out there in the world concerning your children and concerning your grandkids. What do we do? Do we just kind of live by, well, Kesara, Sarah, whatever it will be, it will be? No, we put our stake in the ground. We take authority over those spirits trying to influence our loved ones in the name of Jesus. And we plead the blood of Jesus over them. On Friday after school, we rode our bikes down. Yes, that's right. Pastor still rides a bike. We rode our bikes down to the playground. And I had a basketball in my hand, and there's all sorts of swings and everything. And so I got to see a, a huge, huge picture of what the school was like. And I wasn't just shooting buckets. I was praying in the Holy Ghost. And I'm pleading the blood of Jesus over her school. How many of you know that terrorism is a diabolical tool of the devil? And we've got to take our place, folks. We've, got, we've been authorized to take our place. But we got to, listen, we got to pay attention to our surroundings. Oh, I know I'm preaching good right now. I said, we got to pay attention to our surroundings and use the name of Jesus and plead the blood of Jesus everywhere we go. Yesterday, Culver City, that's where they live. It's, it's a city outside of L.A., just a little bit, right close to L.A. It was their 100th year anniversary. And uh, so we rode our bikes down to Starbucks, and, and uh, Livy was in the parade marching, you know. And John says, well, you can march with her. So I got caught up with her, and I started marching with Livy. And the school name was the Vikings, and we were cheering for the Vikings. But I was thinking all that time in my spirit, I'm checking up on the inside. I said, devil, you can't have these kids. You can't have these kids. I said, you can't have them in the name of Jesus. We're pleading the blood of Jesus. Come on. Have we got any grandmothers that know how to plead the blood in this place? 
Have we got any moms and dads who know how to plead the blood in this place? I was so impressed by the Nagosas. They were just over in Hawaii and a hurricane was being, you know, forecasted. And I looked on Facebook one night. I don't have an account, but I eavesdrop on Brenda's. So you better be good. Because big brothers are watching. Nathan, stand up. Praise the Lord. This is Nathan. How many kids you got? Three now? I was so impressed. On Facebook, these kids are laying in bed with a, with a, a threat of a hurricane. And they're literally reciting the 91st Psalm. And they were doing it by heart, right? They know the 91st Psalm by heart. Do you know the 91st Psalm by heart? You know. Do you know where scriptures on the name of Jesus are? Do you know how to plead the blood? If you don't know, find out. And by George, don't you ever let it slip. Who's George? I don't know. I just said it. But don't let it slip. See, really, it begins in the home. We cultivate our youth and we cultivate our children by just living right in front of them. We are not to be afraid of what's going on in the world, but we are certainly to be aware of what's happening in this world. Our fight and our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against Muslims. It's not against this. It's not against that. But it is against principalities and powers. It is against people that are motivated by evil and wrong spirits. But now listen, wherever you walk, come on somebody. You're on the path, right? And your path, it gets brighter. And it gets brighter. Not getting darker. And not getting darker. And no evil can penetrate your path. No, oh, no weapon can, that's formed against you can penetrate your path. But not only your path, my path includes this church. My path includes you. My path includes all my loved ones. So what do you say? We pay attention. And if there's just something down in our spirit that doesn't seem right, don't override it. Take time. And say, okay, Lord, okay, what is that? And then just go into the throne room. And receive from that ocean of wisdom and direction. And out of your belly shall flow exactly what you need. And he will see to it that we are always in the right place at the right time. And that things that are planned of evil around us will not prosper because we obeyed, we listened, we pay attention, and we prayed. How many of you will join me in this? Let's all stand to our feet. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord, for utterance. Thank you, Lord, for utterance. Come on, let's just thank Him for utterance. 
Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Ha, ha, ha. Ha. Here's the Spirit of God saying something to somebody here today. Now close that door. Close that door. Don't leave it open anymore. But close that door and shut it tightly. Close it. Close that door. Close that door. It's like, all I know to say to you, it's like a warning. And I don't mean to get heavy here, but there's, there's some doors that you've opened and then you've closed and then you've opened and then you've closed and then you've opened and then you've closed. But the Lord says, close it. Close it once and for all. Let's pray. Let's lift our hands up and say, oh God, we thank you for the word of the Lord today. We thank you for words of life that can save our life and that can direct our paths. Let's help that person or persons today. Let's all pray this corporately. Lord God, any door that needs to be closed in my life, any door that I've opened, I ask you, sir, for forgiveness. And now in the name of Jesus, I close every door. I shut the door, I slam the door shut on you, devil, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah.